Yo, I remember Sunday mornings back in 1996 Right in front of the television, mama can't tell me shit Do the dishes, boy, rocket power on, let me skip Nah, never said that, I ain't crazy, let's reminisce Chubby boy trying to figure out life and play his part Voice on TV asking me if I'm afraid of the dark Nah, never was, help me grow into something proper Beating beats, got him screaming out, ah, I'm a real monster I got in the sports late, you never would see me dribble Mama gave birth to a genius, they calling a Didi Pickle I'm in Dexter's lab, trying to check out them death toys After that, chilling with Ralph, making fun of the head boys Pop's not around, I'm learning from Uncle Phil and Bill Cosby I get in the situation, they got me 25 Still awaiting my letter from Hogwarts Yo, this 90s kid is still like a child of some sort Man. Hello and welcome to the Master Mediocrity Podcast I'm your host, Max Kessering, and I'm here with Fraser, the co-host without the podcast with the live. Least. <laughs> with the least. The one I'm freaking pissed at that uh somehow ended up losing the podcast last time and now we're recording take number two. So if we repeat anything if we say something and we're like, Oh, we already talked about that, we may not have to you guys, but we've definitely talked about it. I plead though. One, two, three, four. Fear. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, fifth. Two, four, fifth. I plead the fifth. Fifth. Plead the fifth. Four, fifth. One, two, three, fifth. <laughs> All right, so Fraser plead Fraser pleads the fifth. Uh, we're going to talk about last week's games, two of them from last week, and then two of them uh, for next week. Right now, we're recording at 10 30 p.m. on Thursday during the Jets Browns game. Uh, as we speak, Baker Mayfield is slinging the ball out there, showing some promise. Cool to see. We're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about how we did on our picks last week. Uh, myself, the best uh, you know, picker there is, picked 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Uh, There was a tie on our game from last week, the Vac- Vikings and Packers, uh, which we can get into in a minute. And then Frazier was 0-2-1. Oh, on the week, so I just got to pick it up. Yep. <laughs> All right, we won't talk about <laughs> that too much. Uh, let's get right into the Vikings-Packers game. Frazier, how the heck did the freaking pack end up blowing this game? So, from my point of view, is they didn't really blow it. No, they certainly did, but that's fine. They certainly did not blow it. <laughs> Their team's field goal kicker did not miss three field goals to win the game. If anything, I'm happy the Packers were able to tie um, because first they should have won, and then they definitely should have lost multiple times. Um, You know, it it came down to a few plays. The Clay Matthews play is absolutely egregious. The fact that the refs doubled down on that too is embarrassing. Um, That... If that's not a clean tackle, then you're you're literally just put a red in the mortal words of John Kuhn, just put a red shirt on him. You know, it's it's getting to a point where you can't even touch the quarterback. It's just turning onto eleven on eleven drills during practice because that is about as clean as a hit as you can possibly get um, without putting the quarterbacks. It wasn't even that hard of a hit. Let's let's be honest. Um, so I think that was absolutely ridiculous. Aaron Rodgers played well. He was getting the ball to Jimmy Graham. Um, Jimmy Graham even had a touchdown that was called back. So Jimmy Graham's looking good. He looks like he could be a big part of the offense moving forward. Um, But what really ended the game was Aaron Rodgers had 
you know, the, it, it was it was a mixture of a few things. So it was poor clock management by Mike McCarthy, which is not surprising for someone who is a Packers fan <laughs> to see that. Um, they really should have given the ball back to Minnesota with about 40 seconds left and no timeouts. But for whatever reason, they decided to pass like two or three times in the opposing team's red zone. Um, I get they were trying to, you know, put their foot on the neck of the Minnesota Vikings, but you also have to make high percentage throws in that, in that, that situation. Um, yeah, it just, it wasn't great. Um, and even after all the mismanagement, uh, Aaron Rodgers had a beautiful play with about 40 seconds left in the game and it got the Packers within field goal range. Mason Crosby made the first one and then he was iced. So he had to kick it again and missed. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It, it the one good thing is it was nice to see the Packers hang with Minnesota, who is who I would say is probably one of the best teams in the NFC. I'd also say they're and the favorites with, to win this division as well. Yeah, so it's it was good to see the Packers hang with them with a gimpy Aaron Rodgers. Um, that just gives me a lot of hope moving forward. I didn't really have high expectations on this game, but after seeing Rodgers play. Uh, he escaped the game with no major setbacks to his knee. So hopefully there's good things to come. Yeah, and I would argue also that it wasn't necessarily the Packers losing this game, although they did let up 22 points in the fourth quarter. If your defense mm-hmm. lets up 22 points in a quarter, GTFO, that's ridiculous. Um, but it was mostly, I'd say, the Vikings winning this game, not the Packers losing it. And their skill position I'd players... Say- is mostly the Vikings tying the game and the Packers not tying the game. I say you're right. <laughs> Regardless, this exact I'd say same, this is a win- exact same joke last time. He walked <laughs> right into it again. <laughs> because in my opinion, the Vikings kind of did win it by tying it. Do you know what I mean? Because they were down the whole game. So in, they kind of stole the tie. I view it the other way. I think the Packers... You can't really say Minnesota stole a tie when they had a field goal from the opposing team's... It was a 35-yard field goal to win the game. And they biffed it <laughs> for came, the third time. Dude, that kid got cut he like f- immediately. And they signed Dan Bailey. Dan Tootin. Dude, the Vikings are scary now. They got a real kicker. Yeah... The biggest thing for the Vikings, I would say, was Kirk Cousins showing up. Dude, he's he had a good. really good game. He should have had two picks, and this game should not have been that close because he had 150 yards following that terrible roughing the passer call. But what can you do? Um, he, he played the hand that he was dealt, and he played it pretty well. Yep. And Dylan and Diggs showed up with over 100 yards and a touchdown each. Diggs had two. Yeah. Dudes are elite. They might are arguably the best receiving core in the league. So I you have, would 100% agree with you. When you have Delvin Cook kind of in the backfield who can also receive the ball, three catches for 52 yards, that's solid coming from your running back. I think as far as um, a receiving core goes, Kansas City probably has the best. Mm-hmm. Including because, tight end because their tight end's way better than Rudolph. Yes, that's what I'm including tight yep. end. You know, it's an elite tight end. Tyreek Hill is showing that he's more than just a speedster, but the speed definitely helps. Um, and Sammy Watkins is playing well. Sammy Watkins, when healthy, is dangerous, and he's showing that when in a good offense and healthy, he he can produce. Totally. Um, Another team that I'd like to put in that um, echelon would be the Buccaneers, honestly, Mm -hmm. or the Steelers. Yeah. 
There's some good wide receiving core. Yep. Uh, the Buccaneers, because Deshaun Jackson's showing up this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have O.J. Howard and Mike Evans and Cameron Brait's still good, but he hasn't gotten the ball enough recently. They, they have like a lot of players. I don't know. I like that core. Or the Falcons. The Falcons. Look at that freaking team. Tevin Coleman, uh, Sanu, Julio Jones. That's a squad right there. But yeah, I agree with the I Chiefs. The I think, off, I think yeah. your Chiefs are right, though. Um, one thing to watch following this Minnesota Green Bay game is uh, the running back position for both teams. It seems like Delvin Cook is going to miss at least a week mm. with an injury. Um, he left in the fourth quarter of the Packers game, and he did not come back. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on uh, for all you fantasy owners. Um, look at Latavius Murray. He was the player that they signed um, two years ago out of Oakland for a pretty big deal. So it's someone that they have some confidence in. Um, so if you haven't already picked him up and you're a Delvin Cook owner, definitely do that. And they trust um, him. Even when Delvin Cook's still playing, Latavius Murray gets a little yep. run. I don't. I think Latavius yep. Murray is a decent... He's one of the better handcuffs in the league. I think he's one player you know if Delvin Cook is out, Latavius Murray is a legit handcuff. So if you're the yep. Delvin Cook owner, I would 100% look at Latavius Murray. Yep, and then for the Packers, their best running back will be coming back. Aaron Jones is is it's he's their best r- running back. Running he is back. Not, he is not a good <laughs> pass blocker, mm-hmm. but that's not what he's in the game for. Uh, he's a good running back. I don't so, love when you have a guy like that. Think of a guy like Jordan Howard who changed his game this year to be able to catch the ball at least a little bit and be no, dangerous. I'm not saying Aaron, Aaron Jones can't catch the ball. I'm saying he can't block where shit. So it's is hard it that to have bad? him in a third down. Yeah, it's real bad. How are you that bad? Like, why can't you pass block at all? His spark scores are crazy, though. He's right up there with Kareem Hunt. If you're up there with Kareem I'm Hunt, telling you. Dude, I picked him up in my other league, so um, I think Big it's Aaron a good Jones call. Fan. Shout out to Blaze. Shout out to Blaze, who has all of our Packers. <laughs> he has like four Packers in his starting lineup. Dude, he, he's he got Jimmy Graham, right? He's got Jimmy, Devontae, he got Aaron Jones, and Jamal Williams. Yep, he's he's got the Love pack it. on lock. Dude, very on brand. <laughs> All right, we're gonna switch gears. We're gonna go to a different game. Uh, with we were just talking about a bunch of Chiefs players, the Chiefs and Steelers. Uh, basically, the two teams showed up to the stadium, and the defenses said, "Not today. I don't feel like playing today." So the offenses said, "All right, we'll see how many points we can score," and uh, they destroyed the over/under, guaranteed. 42-37, <laughs> Chiefs pulled it out, uh, and a freaking slugfest for the ages. Yeah, and that's not going to be um, an aberration. <laughs> that's going to happen a lot, is what you're saying. These teams <laughs> have no defense and have high-powered offenses. So this is something that you're going to grow accustomed to. It's pretty consistent. Um, it is pretty consistent. You know, Pat Mahomes, 23 for 28, 326 yards, and six touchdowns for a QBR of one. 54.8 which is almost perfect so you said um, that stat but i just want to make it a little bit more clear he had more touchdowns than incompletions yeah and some of those are weird because they're more of a handoff than it is uh an actual pass like the kelsey shovel, shovel pass yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah, he was just show. He really showed that he is willing to get pretty much everyone involved in that offense. Big game for Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins, and Tyreek Hill had a mile five catches for ninety yards in <laughs> a TD. Um, and we're gonna see stuff like that every game from those guys. They're well, they're gonna lose. need it because that defense is so horrible. It's really bad, and I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders necessarily yet. Mm-hmm. It feels a little premature to say that. Um, they're there has to be some regression from Pat Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um, he has every game he's played in has been on the road, and his numbers are you know un- ungodly. Have you so, ever seen a quarterback come out of the gate this hot? I mean, and everyone's giving him praise. There's no one that's like, oh, slow it down." No, everyone is like, "He might be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, top five already." Yeah, I think that's, that's quick. slightly overblown. We did see stuff like that about Deshaun last year. Granted, Pat, Patrick, I call him Pat. You call him Pat? Okay. Patty, I call him Pat Holmes. Uh, Pat Mahomes, he uh, he hasn't had the interceptions, but he also has an elite play caller. Mm-hmm. And Andy Reid's been is, great. Andy Reid is a perfect fit for Pat. Uh, <laughs> so that marriage of quarterback and offensive coordinating genius who can draw up those plays, um, it's a really great combination. And, I mean, this is the perfect team for him to be put under. Um, up until Pat Mahomes started playing, Travis Kelsey has, or uh, Tyree Kills never had a quarterback um, that was able to throw a deep ball that he didn't have to wait for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When yeah. he throws a deep ball, he, he can catch it in stride. And he's never had a quarterback like that. He has weapons all over the place. Um, so I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He, he's playing Alex you know, Smith perfectly. Yeah, uh, Pat Mahomes is playing oh, Pat, perfectly. Pat Mahomes, yeah. No, Alex Smith is whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll say not important. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it, it, it's really interesting to see. Um, it's going to be cool to see them play for the rest of the year. Uh, it's pound the overs as long as you can. Uh, for Kansas City to the odds start getting crazy. Um, on the other side of the ball... Oh, I just wanted to bring ben, one thing up before we get to the yeah. Steelers. Uh, I br- saw mm-hmm. this discussion brought up for fantasy. Would you rather have Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers with the gimpy knee? So basically, if you had Aaron Rodgers on your roster, would you trade him straight up for Pat Mahomes rest of the season? That's tough. That's a, I think that's a great question. I think you would have to go Rodgers just because you've seen Rodgers perform at the QB1 level. Even with this for injury? multiple years. Yeah. Okay. Because he'll figure it out. And it's not a season-long thing. I don't it know. might I've be, though. They say that, this, conspiracy. that it might get worse throughout the season. I've seen that. I saw that the fear is it could get worse throughout mm-hmm. the season. Could That's also get how better. It was phrased. That's how it was phrased. Is it could get worse throughout the season. I saw it was about a two month long injury. I don't. I haven't seen any other real information to change my opinion. They're keeping um, a real hush hush. They are. I less dude. Honestly, it was weird because he wasn't putting any pressure on his knee. But he was moving pretty well. Mm-hmm. He wasn't moving at the level that he did. But we've seen Aaron Rodgers play on one leg before when he had the camp crap, the the calf 
issues in 2015, and he was still able to play an elite level. So you're taking Rodgers over Mahomes right now? Yeah, because we've seen two games of Pat Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, not enough I sample mean? size. Like, no, it's not. We're not ready to crown him the king. I, I'm just. I can't do it yet. Totally, I understand. All right, we we'll move over to the other side of the ball. And the Steelers, they are. They lose the game and now are zero one and one in the season. And panic mode is setting in. The red alert. The you know Ben Rosberg had an unbelievable game with 450 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but it was a pedestrian game out of Antonio Brown uh, with only 67 yards and still no Le'Veon Bell. Another game, James Conner only had 17 rushing yards. There's no way that would happen with him in the game. No, Le'Veon Bell wouldn't let that happen. Le'Veon Bell is just a game changer. Uh, Conner, he's done well for the hand that he was dealt, uh, you know, I've used that before, like five minutes ago, but I'm going to use it again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the Steelers don't have a defense and they have some offensive weapons. It's all going to depend on if they continue to click. There's definitely been um, some turmoil that they're going to have to work through. Mm-hmm. I don't know when... Well, my guess so is Le'Veon Bell doesn't come back until almost week, week 10. 10. Like, pretty so, darn close. Okay, so here's the thing. Like, if you're Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. in which scenario do you come back sooner? The, the Steelers are playing well, or the Steelers are playing poorly? Well. Well, you got to come back. Well, I think what we've realized is that Le'Veon Bell is being selfish here. And I'm not saying that in a negative sense. He's being selfish in a way that he needs to be to further the running back position for the league. So what he's doing is, I think this is more important of a thing than this season in my team's wins. The Steelers showed him very little um, loyalty, and he's showing it right back. So... He knows if he starts playing in week 10 or at least suits up or, or signs the tender, uh, then he will be able to go into free agency next year. So he'll do to the bare minimum of what he has to do. And when he gets back, he'll prove that he's worth all the money that someone's going to give him. I don't care what team he's going to be on. Someone's going to give him the money because he's that good. He makes your offense just way better. He's the you know one or two... I think he's there's only two running backs, maybe three that are like him in the league. There's Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, maybe David Johnson. But I think Le'Veon Bell on that team would even do better than David Johnson right now. Yo, hold off on the David Johnson hate. David Johnson had a better year than Todd Gurley had last year, his the the year prior. Right, but he was on a better team. The issues kind of the yeah. issue with David Johnson is they aren't – he has not run any routes. Yeah. He's run like 18 routes this year. Well, he but had a better time, offensive coordinator too, coach back then. Dude, what they're doing to him right now is criminal. I agree. He is the best pass-catching running back in the NFL. David Johnson per PFF the year that he almost went 1,000-1,000 was the best wide receiver – in the NFL. 
Okay, we'll we'll do a group group of three. The problem right now is it's hard to see it out of David Johnson because absolutely, I agree. They're, they're, I'm just saying from yeah. a pure talents point. Okay, point from I'll someone with who you on deserves that. the money, he's up there. But that's it. There's three people in the league that are worth all the money in the world and can change your team and change your roster if you give them the tools. If you give them mm-hmm. the biscuit, uh, those three players biscuit can take you from a mediocre team to a great team or a terrible team to a mediocre team. Not a lot of running backs can do that. Sha- Saquon can't do it. I almost said Shaquan. I can't get away from putting a freaking H in there. Uh, it's sa- usually me who can't pronounce names. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying you biffing all these. But I know it now. I just Saquon. Saquon yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of some other running backs. Uh, there's just not a lot of guys in the league. Kareem Hunt's not going to do that for you. You know, they're auxiliary pieces that help you get better, but they're not. Leonard Fournette. Devontae Freeman. Um, um, Christian McCaffrey. They're good, we, but they're not yeah. game changers. They're not that game changing. Elite. Like the way is. I put the problem is- one guy that's close as Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's probably like the tier right underneath those three, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the issue is the shelf life of an NFL running back is so short and, you know, Le'Veon Bell might have another two years, three years, three years two, yeah. three years of playing an elite level. And he's trying to get paid for five for or more, five yeah. or more. So he's not trying to take this beating when he isn't benefiting as much as he could. Dude, I, all the respect in the world to him. Um, it can't be easy seeing your team not playing well and lose $800,000 each game. He has to know that he's not coming back to this team already. So that makes it a little easier, but I don't know. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, Khalil Mack scenario where the team didn't really show any loyalty or any, you know, bit of you're a part of our team. And then Khalil Mack got traded and they had no communication. It doesn't seem like there's a ton of communication going on or, or any positive communication. So it's worrisome for the Steelers because... They could easily lose a bunch of games. All right. Yeah. We'll move on to the next uh, block of games. We're going to pick the next two, and we're going to track this for the whole season, see who's better at picking games. The first game we're going to do is the NFC South showdown between the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, Another game without Devontae Freeman, and these two teams that stumbled a little bit out of the gate, but... uh, showed a little bit of promise last week. Brace, who do you got in this game? So I'm going to go with... This is a tough one. It's a close game. I'm excited for this one. It's going to be fun. It's a close game. It's the best 1 o'clock game. So the game is in Atlanta, but it's not a real true home game. It is a home game, but New Orleans isn't... It's not a Rome game, how Drew Brees normally plays outside of a dome. So he'll be mm-hmm. in a dome. Um, they did not look good last week. They almost lost to the Browns, who <laughs> are currently losing to the Jets. Oh, no, they're tied with the Jets. They're down hey, by they two. Go big. Wait, oh, did they score? Tied, dude. Dude, tied it's game, tied 14, up. 14. You guys will know what after this, but we're, we're watching it right now a little bit, stat tracking. So that's not a good sign. I'm going to go with the Saints, and it's for the same reason that I went with the Panthers last week. Keanu Neal's out, and so is, um, what's his name? 
the other fast linebacker that they have. Yes. <laughs> uh, something Jones, Ronald Jones, something Jones. Um, and that is not good. We have Al Kamara going up <laughs> against Alvin Kamara, who is the shiftiest player right now. Effortlessly. Um, he's, he's going to catch one million balls. <laughs> he's going to catch all of the footballs. Um, <laughs> How many balls did he catch, Frazier, last game? Last game? Yeah, Alvin Kamara. Uh, was it... F- I know... No, I'm just saying, I like, mean, how many is he going to catch in this game, I guess? Oh, all of them. All of them. Yes, that's the correct or answer. Or one million. Or one million. Oh, okay. Either one. Well, Christian McCaffrey caught 14 last week. <laughs> so, so is he a running back or a receiver, what, though? Like, what is that? What, I don't know. I don't know. Don't care. <laughs> don't Fantasy care. Fantasy gold. Production. <laughs> yeah. So he... He, he imagine him catching 14 balls out of the backfield. That's terrifying. Um, they aren't running the wall well, the Saints, but worst team in the league at running the ball right now. Yep, they're probably really they circled those week fours or week five or whenever Mark Ingram comes back. Um, That's I'm their sure pounder right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it'll be nice when he comes back. I just have a really hard time going away from the Saints right now. Um, Atlanta is favored by three. That's because they're home. Uh, it's yeah, a pick so them, basically. They're, they're, they're roughly... They're, if on a neutral territory, it'd be a pick them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the three points that you're getting at home. I just have a hard time going against Drew Brees. This is going to be a really high-scoring game. And if you play DraftKings or FanDuel, I think this is a game to highlight and try to get in some of these players. Um Yep. Yeah, My, Michael Thomas is showing that he, he could potentially be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a really, hopefully, a really fun game. I feel like every once in a while we get a game where we're like, oh, this should be so <laughs> It sucks. And then this game is going to end 12 to 6, all field goals. You it's know what I mean? Like, suck. it's going to be some stupid shit for no reason. It probably so, is. For whatever reason, I'm going with the Saints, um, but yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, piped-in crowd noise of the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons Arthur actually... Blank. Yeah, they actually looked good last game, and they showed a, a diverse offense. Uh, and they beat the Panthers, who are a legit defense and a good, legit team. Um, so they show that they don't have to go to Julio Jones every single play, that they have a lot more options. Uh, Matt Ryan actually had a great game, only with five incompletions, one interception. And Tevin Coleman replaced uh, Devontae Freeman, basically in totality. I mean, I think he pretty much did everything he needed to do. Um, Kelvin Ridley had a touchdown, which was nice to see. Yeah, their defense isn't playing great. Uh, and they're losing some players, but I think with the home field advantage, they always seem to play better there. And Matt Ryan showing some promise last game, and they're often deciding to run different sets and more motion last week. I'm taking the Falcons. I think they can pull it off. I think they can beat the, you know, go two and zero in their division uh, already. And I think that would really separate them. I just trust. Sean Payton's play calling. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't disagree with that. It's gonna be a close the one. Falcons. It's it kind of comes down to when I think when a game is so close like this, it's very small things that make up the difference, and I think play calling can make a difference. Um, that's where I don't really trust Atlanta, 
and I just have a hard time going away from the Saints. Totally. All right, we'll move on to the next game. Chargers Rams, the Battle of LA. Da, 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 da. Four o'clock game. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, dun, dun. This game's going to be super exciting, dun, dun, and dun. it's going to literally be. Dun, dun, dun. It's not dun, the Rocky dun. theme song. <laughs> You're so freaking bad at that. Stop doing the Rocky song. They're different. Monday Night Football and Rocky are different songs. This isn't even a Monday Night Football game. I know, but I was doing the Monday Night... I was singing... I know, I was singing the the Sunday Afternoon Football song. Oh, you mean the Rocky song? This isn't freaking Philadelphia, Frazier. Could be. No Philadelphia team is in this. Two LA teams. And... This is in at the Rams Stadium. There will be count it five Chargers fans in the entire stadium. Yep. <laughs> so what are you feeling about this game? I'm pretty excited. I think honestly, it's gonna be a fun game to watch in the beginning, but then I think the Rams are gonna pull out because they have too much talent and I think Todd Gurley is gonna run rampant. Um no Joey Bosa it looks like for another game. So they won't have the pass rush to really be able to like slow him down on third down. Um, I think Ty Gurley had a bad game last game, so he's going to get fed the ball more this time around. Um, Ty Gurley really did not have a bad game last game. Okay, he he, he had, had three touchdowns. Yeah, he had three touchdowns, but he had like forty yards. He had like twenty five attempts, or he had like nineteen attempts for. Let me look. I, I'm saying hey, his, keep talking, keep his, talking. His per running. Per rush, he had 12 yards per carry, bro. He had 19 rushes for 42 yards, which is 2.2 average. That's pretty rough. He's going to want to do better than that. Yes, he had three touchdowns and like six two-point conversions or whatever. But it was also had to do with the game script. Mm -hmm. The game script was goofy. It got to a point where he had um, a little injury. Yeah, like a little chest contusion or something. Yeah, and at that point in the third quarter the Rams had yet to make it over the 50 yard line so they didn't really need his services <laughs> nope and I think for that reason they kind of pulled him yeah uh they didn't need to count on him as much so I don't think he is too worried I think this will be closer um this will be close enough where he'll be playing a lot regardless I think the Rams defense is better than Chargers defense, and that's how it really gets separated between these two teams. The offenses are fairly similar. They have, you know, pretty good number one threats. Uh, but the depth of the Rams and the defense of the Rams, I think, is just slightly ekes out the Chargers what they have to offer. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What are your feelings on this game? Yeah, I agree. Um, so the. The Chargers are a uh, seven-point underdog. Um, the That's Rams fair. Just are kind of unstoppable at this point. <sighs> they look really good, and it's tough when Joey Bosa isn't out there um, for for the for the Rams to uh, or the Chargers to create a pass rush. Um, the Rams just kind of have too much going for them at this point. I'm going with the Rams as well. I know that's not that's the chalk play. Um, this is another pretty high over under. Uh, it's going to be 48 and a half, and I kind of like the under. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I don't. 
think this is going to be a shootout like some people expect it to be. You said 48, um, so, so that's 24 a team. Yeah, 48 and a half. Yeah. So I'd I, say I it's going to be like 24-20 or like 17-24 or something like that. That yeah, seems more like a game like, script I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is going to be kind of a slog, and this is a game that I'm I'm fading um, from a daily fantasy perspective. Todd Gurley is the highest. Too, pr- too um, overpriced. It's not worth it. Just a little too pricey. I think mm-hmm. there's um, some better options out there, um, especially at the running back position with all of the RB1s um, who've been injured, uh, like Latavius Murray, mm-hmm. Giovanni Bernard, Tevin Coleman, um, stuff like that. Just look around for those slightly less paid uh, or slightly less expensive running backs i think there's good value in that kind of stuff and that's what i would do and i don't play a ton of daily fantasy but i do know how it works a little bit and i would say don't pay for your running backs this week uh try and get some of those guys like giovanni bernard instead and then go Mm -hmm. for high priced big time receivers um go for like a michael thomas go for like an Odell Beckham or I'd say go for someone that is in a good matchup. Um, let's go Thielen Diggs, someone like that. Um, mm-hmm. Go for a big high priced guy who you know will get targets and um, has a good chance to score a touchdown and then use that money that you don't ha- like, you know, use the money on those guys and save on running back this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, or if you wanted to go one real high pace running back, Elvin Kamara is a beast. And mm-hmm. I think he's going to catch a ton of balls. That's just something to keep an eye out for. Um, but this should be a fun game. You know, the battle of L.A., um, at the end of the day, L.A. is going to win. Uh, <laughs> the Chargers need to get out of L.A., though, honestly. No, dude, this they're the St. Louis. really There's... bad experience. They're the uh, San Diego Chargers, and they will always be the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, it really will be. Um, yeah. So, Frage, I got a question for you. So, Max. Who is a better teammate? Mm-hmm. You or the guy mm-hmm. on the Bills that decided to retire mid-game? Vontae Davis. Probably Vontae Davis. <laughs> I'd say I'm more selfish and less skilled than Vontae <laughs> Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't do anything at an elite level. I don't even quit at an elite level. I think as far as quitting goes, the absolute peak of quitting is leaving at halftime <laughs> and not telling anyone. Just be like, I'm out. Besides I'm over the cornerback, the cornerback that's taking your spot, be like, hey, bro, you're in. I'm out. And then that's it. That's a power move. I don't know if it's a power move. That's pretty rough. Uh, nah, that's pretty. That's, that's you know the move. the Bills are terrible. It's like, dude, I'm over the Bills. I'm over this team. This team freaking blows. I'm see. Yo, I'm gone. You blame the guy though. I'm getting undressed. I'm I'm putting on my street clothes and I'm going to my car and I'm going home. Yeah, that's the thing. Someone pointed out it's like putting on pads and all that stuff is a process. It takes a long time. Like I play JB football. So you know what it, Dude, I know what it like to like put to on enough. First off, those <laughs> pants are so freaking tight. I have no legs. I have the skinniest legs in the universe. I had a hard time putting those dang pants on. Ezekiel Elliott. He legs. He just has knee pads. What? <laughs> 
You don't have legs. You just have long kneecaps. <laughs> well, <laughs> fun story. Fun story about JV football. I had knee pads on and still got a knee boob. I got the brucitis of the knee and it swelled up twice and three times the size. So that was fun. Max was like that little Nicky demon with a boob on the head. Except his was a boob on his knee. <laughs> But Frazier, I do want to say I'd rather have you than Vontae Davis. Thanks, dude. We did I'm a, happy to have you. We did Cassius, a pot. Get in the flask. I'm gonna start putting you in a flask if you don't save these podcasts. But I'll just pull you out for podcasts and then I'll take all your stuff and then I'll put you back in the flask. Um but Cassius. you showed up for the you showed up for the first podcast. You did great. You may or not may or not have saved it. But I'll plead the fifth. You showed up for a number two podcast, and you got it done, and you gave the people what they wanted, so I respect that. This dude always shows up. This dude always shows up. Frazier Cusman always shows up. All right, Frazier, give the people what they want. Tell them what they need. Go check out MrBallCaps.com. We are going to be putting up new products. We're putting up new products as we speak. They're they're up there, so go check it out. Use T-MOM at checkout, T-M-O-M at checkout for 15% off. Uh, we will be producing some new exclusive Mr. Ballcap Rochester gear. Uh, hopefully we'll have that out to you soon. Uh, we're going to be looking to do some sort of um, promotional thing around the Christmas time, uh, potentially a Christmas pop-up shop. Oh, that's so what I'm talking about. on for that. And uh, yeah, so make great Christmas gifts. Um, come check us out. Um, I will give you further details on the podcast as well as Instagram and Twitter. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, sticking with us. And sorry, this is coming out a little late, but uh, I think we did a pretty good job. And follow us on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, the Master Mediocrity basically on all of them, uh, or Mediocrity Pod. If you search us, you'll find us. And we also have a Patreon now. Go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com and search the masters of mediocrity uh basically you can give us some money help us with some costs to you know produce a podcast we have costs we have to deal with with soundcloud and um running operations and even maybe trying to get to a game or something if you'd be able to help us out with that uh you know a little donation every month would go a long way keep giving you the content you guys enjoy. And if you donate, there's different rewards. Basically the best one is for for $25, you have a one-time opportunity to come on the podcast. Uh, We'll talk about any topic you want to talk about and we'll be on here for a whole hour. So please go to patreon.com and search the massive mediocrity. We would love to have you on. All right. To everyone, have a good night. Peace out. Peace.